Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, it's very difficult to follow the logic of the American Marxist, the Democrat Party, and the media. It truly is. We had a, a person testifying. I believe it was the director of the Office of Management and Budget. But it, maybe it was another person. And it was a she... And she kept using the phrase, birthing person. She would not use the phrase, woman or lady. She was even asked about that. Said it was disrespectful. Birthing person. Now, of course, I've spent months mocking it. Birthing person. In our schools... Children are being taught that it's not what is between your legs that matters. It's what's between your ears when it comes to genitalia. It's what you think you are. This bizarre, perverse ideology has been imposed throughout our bureaucracy, our military, our school systems. We even have debates over bathrooms and changing areas and in gym rooms. Even if you sign up for a uh, for an airline ticket, male, female, other, whatever it is. And yet now when it comes to the nomination of somebody to the United States Supreme Court, we're very specific when it comes to Joe Biden. A black woman. Excuse me? A black woman. Not a black birthing person which is what the administration had pressed and what the administration official had said. 
Now it's a black woman, an actual woman. Not because this individual thinks it is a woman, but because their genitalia, their biological genitalia, indicates that this person is a woman. It's really quite confusing, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Now, Biden says he wants to appoint the first black woman to the Supreme Court. But he only wants to appoint certain black women to the Supreme Court, obviously those that agree with his ideology and activism. Okay, got it. But the next question is, what if the individual is a black person by interracial marriage. Does that count? What if they're one-eighth white? Does that count? What if they're black and Hispanic? An intersectional situation. Is that okay? Notice how little discussion there is about qualifications and substance. Jonathan Turley makes an excellent point over on Twitter. You know, I like Jonathan Turley. I don't know him. I've never talked to him. I've never interviewed him. But he said, Jen Psaki today just reaffirmed that the president will only consider a black woman for the next nomination. A threshold gender and race condition that the court itself has found unconstitutional for schools and unlawful for private businesses. But it doesn't matter, of course. The Biden administration doesn't have to comply with anything. The American Marxist doesn't have to comply with anything. The media do not have to comply with anything. We haven't had an Asian American on the court. Have we? We haven't had a male Hispanic on the court. Don't give me Cardozo. Have we? I mean, we can go down a whole list of what would be firsts, I believe. Now, here would be a first if a modern Democrat president would nominate somebody who is faithful to the Constitution. That would be pretty cool, don't you think? I mean, we haven't had an illegal alien sit on the Supreme Court. To the best of my knowledge, we haven't had a lesbian on the Supreme Court or a gay man on the Supreme Court. All kinds of firsts, if you ask me. Folks, this is the Supreme Court of the United States. There's nine members. It is a court that has involved itself in damn near everything. Whether you're black or white, red or brown, yellow or albino. When the court reaches a decision... That decision can affect your life, can affect your family, can affect this country forever. So isn't it more important that the individual stand for the Constitution? Isn't that the purpose? I understand Washington plays these games. I understand the media play these games. 
I understand major corporations play these games. I understand Hollywood plays these games. But out on the street, in the community, in the neighborhood, where people live and work, doesn't it matter what the individual actually stands for when it comes to the notion of adjudicating very important cases that can affect everybody in this country? And yet we haven't heard one syllable about this so far. Not one. Names are being thrown around, names you've never heard of before. People who either Obama or Biden have appointed to various federal positions. That's the qualification. So they ought to be a little bit more specific. They want a left-wing activist black woman who they likely appointed to a prior position. That really tightens the field, doesn't it? That really tightens the field. So now the Supreme Court is treated the way the admissions policies are treated at Harvard University. Asians may not apply. Jews may not apply. Whites may not apply. Blacks are on the, lo- on the wrong side of their ideology. They may not apply either. Just certain people are qualified by their physical nature. You know who should be most concerned about this, folks? Minorities. Jews, Hare Krishna, Muslims, blacks, Hispanics, minorities. Because this is no way to run a republic. You want an individual on the court who's going to comply with their oath, who's going to follow their oath. That's all. Will that be the test? No. Even when they narrow the selection to a black woman, that black woman is going to have to be of the left. They'll say she's a moderate the way they lied about Joe Biden, the way they lied about Merrick Garland, the way they lie all the time in the media and in the Democrat Party. But the truth is, she'll be black, she'll be a woman, but she'll also be a leftist. And that's really what they want. So can we stop with this birthing person stuff? No. Can we stop with the bathrooms and the gymnasiums now? And the No, no. We're going to keep that up. We're going to keep that up. Can we stop with indoctrinating our children about these various perverse ideologies and the transitioning and genitalias and what you do with genitalias and pronouns and... No, 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 no. The goal is to destroy the family. The nuclear family. 
But when we appoint people to high position like the Supreme Court, then we can resort to the throwback language. They call a woman a woman. Not because the person thinks he or she's a woman, but because she actually is a woman. Go figure. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The January 6th media, the Russia collusion media, the impeachment media, the coup against Trump media. The only illegitimate president is Trump media and their Democrat masters. They're going to do the same thing here. Remember the Kavanaugh hearings? The Kavanaugh hearings. Well, whomever the nominee is, be treated the way Brett Kavanaugh was, or Bob Bork was, or Clarence Thomas was? Of course not. First of all, the Republicans don't have a stomach for that. Secondly, the media will not work with the Republicans, nor will the media work with anybody who comes forward and makes any allegation about one of their precious leftists. And... If anybody raises any substantive questions, they will immediately be called a racist, especially if they're a white male. Because this is how the game is played now. This is how the propaganda will work. Where the hell is that phone so I can shut it off? Yes, 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 yes. This is the nature. The nature where the country has slid when free speech is no longer free free for some people to make any outrageous allegation they want. But for others, it's a completely different reality. By the way, as a footnote, as I watched during the break, this uh, Russia building up in U- their, uh, their war machine against Ukraine and so forth, I wonder how much of their equipment, I hope none, is our equipment that came out of Afghanistan. You do have to wonder, don't you, Mr. Producer? Because we have that genius in the Oval Office, you know. How come the president didn't say that he wanted to name the first indigenous person to the Supreme Court? Not enough votes there, I'm sure. Not enough votes there. 
Harvard. Harvard, what a disaster. I pointed out by the Independent Women's Forum, remember how last summer's horrifying Atlanta spa shooting deaths of eight people, including six Asian women, spurred a season of stop Asian hate sentiment to empower and protect Asian Americans? Harvard forgot all that very quickly. You see, Harvard doesn't like too many Asian students getting accepted to their hallowed halls, writes Carrie Sheffield. Harvard is upset that on Monday the U.S. Supreme Court accepted two cases challenging racial preferences in student admissions, both at Harvard and the University of North Carolina. Imagine the irony here. Actually, you don't have to imagine it. The man in the Oval Office announces that he will only be considering black women to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court's taking up two cases on ethnic discrimination. You notice that, Mr. Producer? These schools use race to suppress the number of Asian students and white students, but to a lesser degree. On campus, in order to give more spots to black and Latino students, Asians are just too bright in terms of GPAs and standardized tests. Obviously, they reverse suffer from the white-dominant society, Mr. Producer, wouldn't you say? The universal equalizing yardstick to measure student achievement, standardized tests and GPAs are obviously discriminatory. And uh, Carrie writes, as a graduate of the Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government, I was saddened to receive this email in my inbox this afternoon from Harvard University President Larry Bacow. Now, Larry Bacow clearly is not a black woman. Why is that? Why is that? I look at the United States Senate, and I have to ask myself, is Chuck Schumer black? No. Is the number two doofus, little Dick Durbin, is he black? No. Well, exactly how many black Democrat senators are there, Mr. Producer? Other than Cory Booker, I could be off. Oh, there's the gentleman from uh, the radical kook from Georgia. That's two. Is there a third? I must confess, I haven't memorized everybody. It's your third? When you consider the black voter as a group gives over 90% of its vote to the Democrat Party. Maybe Joe Biden ought to be paying attention to that. But no, uh, that's not going to happen. There you have it. I'll be right back. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. 
Start receiving your own free copy of this great Digest of Liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. I'm not going to spend the whole show on the court. There'll be plenty of time for that. Trust me on that one. Plenty of time. But what was done to Stephen Breyer today was pretty disgraceful. And I've been around a little while. I worked in the Reagan White House. As a matter of fact, during the period I worked in the Reagan White House and presidential personnel, my duty, at least in part, was going through and vetting nominees to the various federal courts. And I would prepare a rather substantial notebook for every weekly meeting that my boss, John Harrington, and Becky Norton Dunlop, two tremendous patriots, would take when they would have a meeting with President Reagan and James Baker and some of the others who were in on the decision-making process, Ed, Ed, Ed Meese, uh, the counselor to the president, who would obviously become attorney general. There's a number of men and women on the court today, or who've since retired, because we've all gotten older, who have no idea what role I played in supporting efforts to put them on the courts. But I also know this. This leak occurred at the White House. Could have been a staffer, could have been something that Biden said to somebody, but the leak came out of the White House. Not even the Justice Department. And that does a great disservice to a man who serves on the court for decades, Stephen Breyer, who wanted to do it his own way, but gave a heads up to the current administration so they'd have time to find a replacement. Very foolish of him. So they leaked it. Now, does anybody have any idea why they would leak it? I think most of you know why. To lock it in. So he can't change his mind. Not that he would. To lock it in. And to get all their radical left forces ready. To battle. Their billionaires. Their corporatists. Of course their media friends. To battle. And get them ready. That's why they did it. There's no question about it. I don't have to be a reporter to figure this out. He wasn't going to do it until the end of his term, which is in June. Sometimes it bleeds into early July. But that's the way they did it. And I thought you should know that they politicize everything. And then the, the media today playing right into this. The media should be reporting on this, right? Just as a factual matter. But that's not what's happening. Laura Coates is the senior legal analyst for CNN. I assume she's African American. I don't watch it. Uh, She said she'd be overjoyed that somebody who looks like her would sit on the Supreme Court in a country like this. 
Cut five, Mr. Producer, go. What would it be like for somebody on the Supreme Court, finally, who looks like you? I would be overjoyed and thrilled to know that somebody who looks like me and has the mental prowess that each of these women have and the credibility, the capability, the distinction of having served as judges and as extraordinary lawyers over their time would finally, and I emphasize the word finally, finally be given the opportunity to sit on the highest court in the All right, land. So here's Laura Coates, who's the senior legal analyst. Does this sound like an analyst? So. Every one of these women, and I don't know who she's talking about, frankly, so, is qualified, capable, and credible. That's not the way Republican nominees are treated, whether they're women, whether they're minorities, whether they're white. That's not the way Republican nominees are treated. That this is a great time when Clarence Thomas is nominated? No. No. Not at all. Go ahead. Not going to be taken lightly when we talk about the many decisions that are before the Supreme Court of the United States. I never had the luxury of leaving any part of my identity at the door before I walked into a courtroom, walked into a uh, boardroom, walked onto these very sets on CNN. I brought with myself the entirety of being a black woman, the lived experience of what that's like in a country like this. In a country like this. She's the senior legal analyst at CNN. Go ahead. It's incumbent upon our country to recognize that if we do not bring all of America and the holistic views of people, including black women, then we are doing a disservice to any objective evaluation of laws in this country. All right, now she gets a little bit more detailed in her next comment. Cut six, go. Just think of what's before this court, just this term alone, the Mississippi abortion ban, where we're talking about discussions around the profound disparate impact of these laws against black and brown women in okay, this stop, country. Stop, 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 stop right there. This is all political, everything she's saying. I could talk about the disparate impact of abortion on black and brown women. Little black babies and little brown babies are aborted far beyond their percentages is a racial population in this country. So depending on your viewpoint, like on my viewpoint, if you talk about disparate impact, that's the disparate impact. More little black babies and brown babies are dying as a result of the right to choose. Her obvious perspective from the left is they don't have enough access to abortion. So here she is engaged in a purely, I would argue, political discussion about outcomes. And the fact that I'm even raising this, you'll see, because I'll bring it up tomorrow, means I'm going to come under attack, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? And yet there's nothing I'm saying that's racial, racialist. I'm just responding to her comments. So the mindset, she's a legal analyst. It's not of a person being objective and trying to apply the Constitution to the facts. You're there to represent a viewpoint, not even a people, frankly, a viewpoint. And that viewpoint is an activist left viewpoint. 
That's what she's saying. Go ahead. Wouldn't it be great to have a black woman talking about these issues? How about the discussions about affirmative action? We learned from Justice Sonia Sotomayor, where she described herself as the perfect affirmative action baby those years ago, describing it unapologetically of the gains and the benefits. So she's pushing for quotas and affirmative action, which obviously is purely race and ethnicity based, regardless of your race and ethnicity, which are now being used to prevent Asian Americans from attending certain schools. So why not just have plebiscites? Why have a court at all? And people will just vote so everybody's represented. This is a court. It's a court where everybody on the court is supposed to take an oath to uphold the Constitution. It's not your personal view on abortion based on what you believe a particular community thinks or doesn't think. It is your best academic, intellectual effort to comply with the rule of law. She's a legal analyst. When people go before the courts, whether it's the divorce case or a contract case or a trespass case or a monumental case, they don't want their decisions based on the ethnicity of the judges. And she should know that. Because if that were the case, perhaps minorities would lose far more than they lose now. It's to try and look beyond that and do what's right. If you want to be an activist, conservative activist, a Marxist activist, a liberal activist, the court's the wrong place for you. Go ahead. A race-conscious admissions process. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a black woman in that position as well? Well, Wouldn't it be wonderful to have an Asian woman in that position as well? Who might have a counterbalancing point of view, if that's what we're doing here. When these court cases are written, she's a legal analyst, Laura Coates. They're not written. Clarence Thomas doesn't say from a black person's perspective, or Breyer doesn't say from a male's perspective, or Sotomayor doesn't say from a Hispanic's perspective, and Kagan doesn't say from a woman's perspective. They tell you what they think the law is. Isn't this what we're supposed to do? When police officers stop us, we don't want them to say, from my perspective as a this or a that, and your perspective as a this or that, you're under arrest. What are you talking about? People want a fair shot. They want to be treated like individual human beings. They want an adjudication as fair as possible. Not based on external factors, physical factors of the justice, the ethnic factors, the religious factors of the justice. No. Go ahead. What their holdings will be, but I am assuming that they will bring No, but you are. She says, 
Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a black woman in that position? I'm not assuming what their holdings will be because she realizes that's what she's doing. Because if your perspective is that people from certain communities, whether it's faith or race or whatever it is, have a certain perspective, and so that perspective needs to be on the court, well then of course you're talking about influencing their holdings. Go ahead. Be with them, and we will be better for it. All right. There you go. Now, they're also trying to redefine Stephen Breyer. Andrea Mitchell, of course, is up for the task, as Newsbusters points out. Cut seven, go. Uh, One thing that occurs to me is that he was uh, rather conservative or moderate, if you will, or more nuanced than many progressives might have liked on on big economic issues when they hit the court. But on the core issues. Like which big economic issues are you talking about, Andrea? What are you talking about? What in the world are you talking about? Do you even know what you're talking about? Which case are you talking about? Wouldn't it be what case? Which cases are you talking about? But on the core issues of personal liberty and freedoms, go ahead. Liberty and freedoms and same-sex marriage and guns and choice on abortion. Um, he was completely in sync with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, and Sotomayor. Right. Uh, yes, Justice Breyer was a reliable liberal uh, when it came to those kinds of core this values. This is a former U.S. attorney, and as a former U.S. attorney, of course, she knows everything. Go ahead. Cases. He was someone, as, you know, uh, Pete used the word pragmatist, and I think that's the way people tend to no, think No, he wasn't. Of and you know what? This just shows you the utter ignorance of these analysts. When you talk about the court in these cases, it's not about a pragmatist. It's not about a conservative. It's not about a liberal. These are political terms applied to political situations and political people. When you're talking about the court and analyzing decisions, you're talking about the approach that a person takes. The approach that a person takes. That's why I'm saying Laura Coates was kind of talking out of both sides of her mouth. So when they say he's a pragmatist, how can you be a pragmatist when it comes to the Constitution? You either uphold it or you don't. Or if there's an ambiguity, you either do your best to discern what was intended or you don't. You're not a matter of being a pragmatist. You're not a centrist. You're not any of those things. This is the problem with Chief Justice John Roberts. There's no discernible principles. None. More when I return. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. 
And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. Nominees to the court by Republican presidents are expected to be brutalized, to have their characters assassinated now, to have lies spewed about them, embraced by the Washington Compost and New York Slimes and the rest of the dark money operatives and front groups that are out there. They raise millions, tens of millions. They are poised to do as much damage as they can to the reputation of anybody who goes to the court who does not embrace their tyrannical and autocratic ideology. But nominees by a Democrat president are expected to slide right through. Don't you dare raise a character issue. Don't you dare go to the media with any stories about high school or junior high or college, drinking, drugs, or sex. No. You better stay far away because they'll expose you. Or maybe the FBI will knock on your door and say you're interfering with an official process. And if pro-lifers show up at the, the confirmation hearings and disrupt them, you can be sure that they'll serve a lot of time in some dungeon somewhere in and around Washington, D.C., but not if you're code pink or just code left wing. No. You'll be ushered out. Maybe you'll get a little record and they'll push you through the back door and give you some tofu. Two different worlds. It's where we are. It's the nature of the soft tyranny moving to a harder and harder tyranny. You understand. Ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, I've had this story for a couple of days. It doesn't fit into this, that, or the other thing. And I get those from time to time. It's not a story that anyone else is going to discuss. But it draws my attention. It's from numerous news outlets, but in this case, it would include ABC News. I want to tell you about a man named Deshaun McGreer. Ever hear of Deshaun McGreer? I bet you've never heard of Deshaun McGreer. And it's by chance that I've heard of McShawn, uh, excuse me, Deshaun McGreer, 29 years old. A black man working in Baltimore. A man who worked on the front lines of preventing gun violence in Baltimore, Maryland, was shot and killed last Wednesday night 
in a quadruple shooting on East Monument Street in the McElderly Park neighborhood. Baltimore David Deshaun McGreer, 29, worked as a violence interrupter for safe streets and is the third member of the organization to be shot and killed in the last year. Deshaun was passionate about his community and was working hard to make the community safer for his family, friends, and neighbors, said Meg Ward, Vice President of Strategic Growth and Community Partnerships at Living Classrooms, a nonprofit that operates two of the ten safe street sites in the city, including McElderry Park. He was a son, he was a father, he was a partner, he was a brother, he was a devoted and present father to his child. This organization, Safe Streets, it's amazing how Black Lives Matter draws all this attention. It is a violent, bigoted, anti-Semitic organization founded by Marxists who seek the overthrow of our country, who contribute nothing to these communities, nothing. Supported by professional athletes, supported by Democrat city mayors, supported by Mitt Romney. Tens of millions of dollars pour in from corporations, from Oprah Winfrey. What about Safe Streets and Deshaun McGreer and the other two who worked for this group and have been murdered? According to Ward... That is Meg Ward. Deshaun McGreer was having a conversation with the other two victims while working at his post on Monument Street when the shooting occurred. Apparently a tow truck came around the corner and they just shot up the block, Ward said. The Baltimore Police Department identified the other victims as 28-year-old Tyrone Allen and 24-year-old Hassan Smith. A spokesperson told ABC News Friday that no arrests have been made at this time. We're dedicating every available resource to finding and apprehending the cowardly perpetrators of this act, Baltimore Police Commissioner Michael Harrison said in a statement. When asked if this was a targeted shooting, police said the investigation's ongoing. There have been more than 300 homicides in Baltimore each year for the past five years. 338 in 2021, 335 in 2020. Community members and safe streets workers gathered on E Monument Street Saturday afternoon, last Saturday, to honor McGreer and other victims of gun violence. What choices are we going to make? This is our community, said Safe Street Violence Interrupter Alex Long in a passionate speech at the event. These shootings got to stop. The shooting's got to stop. Ward said Safe Street organizes shooting response events to denormalize gun violence, especially in neighborhoods where shootings are common, by creating an opportunity for the community to come together to honor the victims and said the message that this is not okay. And on Saturday, they honored one of their own, Deshaun. Violence interrupters are what they're called. 
Violence interrupters also connect individuals with resources, such as job placement opportunities and financial support. Ward said that Deshaun McGreer had been working as a violence interrupter for a little over a month. A little over a month. But had been part of the Safe Streets community for a long time. He was a hard worker, she said. He was a welding student at North American Trade School during the day and worked at Safe Streets McElderly Park site at night to help mediate conflicts that could lead to shootings. This guy sounds like a gem. Absolutely fantastic. The work that's being done to stop this from happening is really, really important. It makes it much more important when you lose one of your own, she said. These are brave, brave people. These are the best that humanity has to offer. These are wonderful, wonderful human beings. They get almost no attention. McGreer's killing came as the Safe Streets community continues to mourn the deaths of two other beloved longtime members who were killed over the past year and who had dedicated their lives to reducing gun violence. Dante Barksdale, a Safe Streets outreach coordinator, and Kenyol Benny Wilson, a Safe Streets violence uh, interrupter, were shot and killed in separate incidents in January and July. Here these people are trying to prevent violence, and they're murdered right on the street. Two days before McGreer was killed, the community gathered to honor Barksdale on the anniversary of his death. We were devastated. It was very traumatizing. It's very difficult to say their names or to think of them and not to feel that consistent void in our hearts because they were definitely individuals who impacted the community in such an incredible way, said Rashad Singletary, the Associate Director of Gun Violence Prevention at Monsey, told ABC News last year, and for them to lose their lives to the same thing that we tried to save thousands of lives from, it was very, very disheartening and tragic. Unbelievable. Safe Streets was launched in Baltimore in 2007. Did you hear about them? If you watch ESPN, you don't know anything about them. If you watch the NBA and NFL, you don't know anything about them. If you watch big media, you don't know anything about them. If you listen to the daily press events with Biden, you don't know anything about them. It's one of several violent prevention programs in the country that is based on a model that started in Chicago in the mid-90s. Safe Street serves 10 target areas, but only covers 2.6 square miles in a city that spans 92 miles. One of the things that makes it all worthwhile, researchers said, is seeing the violence interrupters asserting their influence to keep the peace. Except when they're murdered. Except when they're murdered. And the title of this piece was Another Violence Interrupter Killed in Baltimore as Community Reels from Gun Violence. I didn't want another day to go by without you hearing of Safe Streets. Some of you have, most of us have not. Or to Sean McGuire. They have a picture of him in this article. 
a good-looking young man with a big smile on his face. And he's gone because he's trying to protect his community. Guys like this murdered, police murdered. Tell you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs, with the absolute best consumer service team, based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Sean McGreer, who's in the streets, who's also working hard during the day, he's not on some kind of subsidy program, he's an independent human being who wants to be an independent human being and protect his community, so he doesn't fit in with the narrative that you hear from Washington so often in the media, but Asmund Crockett does. She's a Democrat congressional candidate somewhere. And she's on MSNBC Saturday with Tiffany Cross, who is a hateful bigot in my humble opinion. This is my opinion. Compare him, a man who lost his life, to this. Cut, 10, go. And I think that black women will continue to fight for our democracy. And that's exactly what I plan to do. I don't plan to give up. You know, I know that I wouldn't be here but for those that fought before me. And so I'm going to continue this fight. We can't let up. If we say we've been defeated, then they have won. But this is a, a war. Who, this isn't who, a who are they who've won? Won what? What, they, what is she talking about? We're going to continue to fight if we don't? Then they have won and we've been defeated? Go ahead. We absolutely will win this war. It's it a war. A- it's a war. And she said, it is a, you know, I've interrupted too much. Start at the top. Cut 10, please. Go. And I think that black women will continue to fight for our democracy. And that's exactly what I plan to do. I don't plan to give up. You know, I know that I wouldn't be here but for those that fought before me. And so I'm going to continue this fight. We can't let up. If we say we've been defeated, then they have won. But this is a, a war. This isn't a battle. And we absolutely will win this war. 
It is a war. It is indeed a war. And I have to say, they have won some battles, Jasmine, but we, we have to keep our eye uh, on the war and, and everybody needs to pick up a weapon and, and get involved because this is uh, for the, the, the safety and, and lasting uh, of the country. What does that mean? What in the world does that mean? Do you think these individuals represent what goes on in the streets of Baltimore? Not even close. They don't have a clue. The Sean McGreer does and did. Safe Streets does. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. We have Joy Reid on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. You're going to hear all kinds of incoherency here. Stephen Colbert is a uh, ideological hitman. He's not funny, despite the fact he has ten comedy writers. He's got a minimal audience compared to historically what the Johnny Carsons and Jay Leno's and others used to have. And this Tiffany Cross wants to be the next Joy Reid. They both ought to be kicked out on their asses. They shouldn't have any platform. The people should have a platform of the people who are, who are rational. Rational. Not bomb throwers, to use their own phraseology, I suppose. Let's, uh, let's listen to this. Cut 12. Go. I, I'm old enough to remember the truism that every Soviet leader would try to test a new president of the United yeah. States to basically do, do an acid test to see what the reaction would be to Soviet aggression. Yeah. Could it be part of that, too? Just like, who, what are we dealing with here going out into the future? What, I need to know now. Before so basically, his- he's excusing it. You know, they're just testing Biden. They're just testing Biden. Now, you have to wonder how perverse and twisted... Colbert's mind really is. He's a brother who's a lawyer in Washington. He pronounces his last name, I swear to you, that Colbert. I think it's Tom Colbert. And by everything I hear, he's a pretty good guy. So now we have Stephen Colbert, where, you know, half his name is silent. But he's not an intelligent guy. He's not even a good comedian. And when he was a B actor, on some of these shows, he was awful. But he's found his niche here. But he's not funny. So, you know, they're just testing old Joe out. You know, like in Afghanistan, where we still have American citizens, and God knows what's happened to them. We still have allies, tens of thousands of them. God knows what's happened to them. They, you know, they're, they're all just testing them out. The Iranians are very close to their nuclear weapons, the inbred there in North Korea, he's firing missiles off left and right. Just testing him out. Trump's the real danger, you see. Go ahead. Continues. And I think it's I think it's especially true after the previous president, who was such a toady to, to Putin. And you know, and sucked up to him. He was a toady to Putin? Really? She's such a loser. She's so pathetic. I wonder what the ratings were with these two clowns. Think they represent America and how America thinks? No, they're one way, only one way, these two. Go ahead. Um, That gets me to my 
That takes me to my next question is, what do you make of the Republicans out there who are, and there, there may be others, but it seems to come from the right, saying that we should be supporting Russia, that they've got a reason to do this. That yeah. Nobody's saying we should be supporting Russia, even the isolationists and protectionists within the Republican Party. The neo-appeasers, I call them. Who may, many of whom sound like... Uh, who sound like Bernie Sanders, they say we should side with Russia. Do you know anybody who said that, Mr. Producer? What is he talking about? Go ahead. Reading that as a bad thing if Russia goes in. Do you have any idea of where that comes from? Because it seems like a pretty big flip it is. for the people who are worried about communism taking over the United States. You know, it's interesting that, you know, there are a lot of ways in which I think Donald Trump... First of all, he brings her on. Like they're having an intelligent discussion. You want an intelligent discussion? These are two of the dumbest people on television. No, that correct me. Two of the dumbest people, period. He's supposed to be a comedian. He's monotonous. She's supposed to be an intelligent commentator, and she's a moron. Go ahead. Exposed things about the United States that maybe we didn't want to know about ourselves. Ah, shut up. I don't even want to hear this. What the hell am I playing this for? Seriously. What are we playing this for? I don't know. I apologize to you. I really do. I apologize to you. I just wasted 15 seconds of your life. But I did want you to hear what's going on in the counterculture, the uncivil society, how completely disconnected from reality these people are. Completely disconnected. Joy Reid. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Some major flip-flopping people should not be walking around with masks. Masks work. Fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask. If you are vaccinated, you should still wear a mask. You really better be very careful before you bring the children back. The default position should be to try as best as possible to keep the children in school. Right now, at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day-by-day basis. I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see. So, so let me clarify that because there was a little bit of a misunderstanding. That is a great ad that's been put out by Ron DeSantis. Now, if the highlight of your career was to be the the incest banjo player on the bridge in the movie Deliverance, a rough movie, uh, and if you look at a picture of the kid on the bridge and you look at a picture of Joe Scarborough, they look like it's the splitting image, one or the other, is it not, Mr. Producer? And so, Joe Scarborough is on the Morning Joe. He sees the ad, and here's what he says. Cut 16, go. The stupidity in this one is very strong. Jeez. I mean, you know, I thought, I thought his... <laughs> now, look, look, look how he does a dramatic reading. The stupidity in the... This guy is a Harvard grad, served his country. And watch Joe Scarborough a bottom-feeding, 
pathetic, backstabbing punk. Other than that, he's a good guy. Go ahead. Years ago, were the dumbest ads I've ever seen, where he's reading Donald Trump bedtime stories to his baby. See, when- Joe doesn't understand jokes because he is one. He doesn't understand jokes because he is one. Go ahead. He's sorry that he did that now. But, but, but this is just so stupid. Excuse me, didn't I you get- have your head so far up Trump's you-know-what? Remember that, Mr. Producer? I'll bet he's sorry, Joe, is that he did that. So did your uh, colleague there, Mika. Remember when the two of them, Trump was deciding to run? Remember how they slobbered all over Donald Trump, Mr. Producer? Remember America? Oh, yeah. Even Donald Trump was embarrassed by these two. Embarrassed. Then Trump criticized them, and they, they got their feelings hurt. Frickin' frack. Sock on Van Sutty. They got their feelings hurt. So thin-skinned. He with the bulbous nose. You know what that reflects, don't you, Mr. Producer? Anyway, continue, please. People will, will like the ad. I don't know. Maybe there's... Maybe... P.T. Barnum uh, is right. Maybe. No wonder this show gets no ratings. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just so smart. I'm Joe Scarborough. You know. Go ahead. I was born every day, uh, but do uh, attack a guy because, well, the realities of a virus change. As the virus changes, as the virus moves, as the virus, uh, you know, mutates, it just, again, it's just the height of stupidity. It got him elected last time. I suppose it'll get him elected again this yeah, time. Yeah, I suppose so, you and the missus. I can't call her missus, can I? In Jupiter, Florida. Really tough in Florida. What are you doing in Florida, Joe? I guess you didn't want to pay the taxes that you have to pay in New Jersey and New York. You and the missus. Yeah, I guess so. The people are so stupid they elected, you know, Ron DeSantis because Joe is so smart. Joe got elected to the House from a Republican district a few times. Oh, he wanted to run for the Senate, but he wouldn't have won. He wanted to become a radio host, but he failed. Oh, it's true. He wanted to work at Fox, but Fox wanted nothing to do with him. So there he is at MSLSD. Part of the crowd. Proudly. Proudly working with the others. MSLSD. Nicole Wallace. I guess I have to name every schmuck over there, don't I? What's the other one's name? Oh, yeah. Al Sharpton. Billy Geist. Hey, Geist. Hey, Willie. Willie uh, Geist. Is that you, Geist? We've got uh, Donnie Douche. Little Donnie Douche. Look, that's his name. What do you want from me? And uh, they got a whole good crowd, a whole lineup there. What's the plagiarist's name? Mike, what's his name? The Barnacle? He was, I believe. All kinds of... Barnacle? Yeah, that's about right. Geist? That's about right. Sharpton? Actually, Dumpton? Yes, yes. Mika Brzezinski. Chip off the old man's block. There was a winner. Genius. But then there's Joe Scarborough. 
talks like he's got half a tongue in his mouth, definitely has a quarter of a brain in his head. He wishes. He had 1% of the intelligence of Ron DeSantis, or 1% of the success. MSNBC, ladies and gentlemen, is where everybody goes when they're losers. They're on the bottom tier of the so-called media profession. That's where they go. There in the constipated news network. That's why they have no ratings. Morning show. Here's Joe. Joe's not a grifter. No way. Just because he's changed all his views, he loved Trump, he hates Trump, was a conservative, now he's a liberal, he was a Republican, now he's an independent, has an excuse for everything. Because he loves the money. Over at MSLSD and CNN, you get paid a lot of money to have no ratings. You really do. Let's play it again, you know, for us dumb people. Um, But to quote Joe Biden, hey Joe, I'll compare my IQ to yours. I'll compare my academic records to yours, Joe. Oh, I will. Yes, I will. Won't even be a fair fight. Great ad. Cut 15 again. Go. Some major flip-flopping people should not be walking around with masks. Masks work. Fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask. If you are vaccinated, you should still wear a mask. Let me just say this to John Mika. The world wants you to keep wearing a mask. Trust me on this one. The bigger the mask, in fact, a paper bag would be even better. You can cut out, you know, holes for the eyes and that sort of thing. Just cover your faces. Go ahead. Before you bring the children back, the default position should be to try as best as possible. And to, to answer keep- substantively, Joe, which is painful enough, you may not be aware, Joe. In fact, I know you're not. Being the dumbass that you are. There are all kind of experts all over the country who got it right. They work for universities and colleges you may have heard of. Stanford, Yale, Oxford, Rockefeller College, and many, many more who've written, who've spoken, who've posted. But you're not familiar with them because your head is now up another person's butt so far. You're coming out of their mouth. And this would be Fauci. Fauci. Yes, a lot of people knew a lot more than Fauci and got it a lot more right than he did. Joe, are you vaccinated? No, 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 I don't mean from the virus. I mean from rabies. I hope so. Yes, and Joe is like the rest of the media, all independent thinkers, of course. Here's a montage from our friends at Grabian, media fawning over Fauci. Cut 14, go. The single most respected voice in the pandemic, it's Dr. Anthony Fauci. The man who's become known Wait a minute, as that's a... got to be the toddster there. Chuck, the single most, uh, you know. Oh, well, if Chuck says so, it must be true because Chuck has the pulse of America. He's got the pulse of America. He's got his hands around our throat and he's squeezing them. Chuck doesn't even know how to get a haircut. What are you talking about? Oh, Fauci's got the pulse. Yeah. Go ahead. The single most respected voice in the pandemic, 
It's Dr. Anthony Fauci. The man who's become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. You are uh, seeing what too many... What makes him the top infectious disease expert in the country? The fact that he hasn't practiced in half a century? Seriously, folks, this is your media? Go ahead. Superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci. American hero and New York Whoa. Yankee fan. You know, that guy sounds like the dumbest of the crowd. Who is that? Oh, it's Joey. Joey. Joey, keep your mask on and your mouth shut. Go ahead. This country in terms of this crisis. So I really appreciate your insight. Who better to give us answers that we can trust than Dr. Anybody, Anthony Anybody, you idiot. Go ahead person to answer our questions today. Joining us now, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci, appreciate your candor. Dr. Fauci, appreciate the candor. We appreciate your service to this country. Oh, we appreciate your... Fa- oh, that's the meek. Meek. Oh, Dr. Fauci. Oh, Dr. Fauci. You're unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Fauci is unbelievable. He said so many things. Nobody can follow this guy, not because he's smart, it's because the opposite. He's become a quack, in my humble opinion. Look, I say that with all due respect. Go ahead. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Greatly appreciate your service to America. Greatly appreciate your service and that $413,000 a year in your salary and you and and, 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 and your uh, significant other, the birthing uh, person, yeah, Two of you have accumulated $10 million. I, I tell you, who better to listen to than Dr. Anthony Fauci? Singularly, the top expert in the country. Says Mealy Mouth over there with the goofy haircut. Schmuck Todd. And he would know, of course, being the expert on all things. Go ahead. Well, 37 years of service, I believe, to Who's seven that idiot with the accent there? Harry Melbourne? The hell is that? Huh? Harry Melbourne? No wonder I never heard of the guy. Harry Melbourne? What the hell is an Harry Melbourne? Go ahead. For your work over the past year. The great news is you're sticking around in the Biden administration. I didn't know Wolf Blitzer was still with us, to be perfectly honest with you. I really didn't. Go ahead. To you, Dr. Fauci, for everything you do. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you very much uh, for Thank everything you, you Thank you, my God. I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I left you my will. You're just absolutely unbelievable, Dr. Fauci. In fact, we're, we're building a monument to you. We got half price because you're four feet, three inches tall, so, you know, less marble. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. 
Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Not one of those damn people praising Fauci has suffered under any Fauciism. None of them. None of them lost their jobs. None of them lost a paycheck. None of them. None of them. None of them missed a meal. None of them had to suffer economically. Not one of them. And I don't know how many of them send send their kids to public schools or private schools either. But there you see the difference between the elitists. I didn't say elites. I said elitists. Self-aggrandizing narcissists in the media. And the people in this country who work for a living. Or try to work for a living. It's one thing to show up with your fat ass, get the makeup on, get your hair done, have a clothing allowance, sit in front of cameras and pontificate, and spew your carbon dioxide, in the case of Scarborough, monoxide. You're not breaking boulders. You're not an electrician. You're not a plumber. You're not a guy working at a restaurant or a guy who's trying to make ends meet at a restaurant who owns a restaurant. You're nothing. So your buddy's with Fauci. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for everything you've done. I lost my parents in a nursing home. Thank you for everything you've done. Who's the best governor? He says Cuomo's the best governor. Oh, whoa, that Fauci's unbelievable. Man's been there 50 damn years, and they never had masks. They never had ventilators, respirators. They didn't have a damn thing for a pandemic. It took the man they hate, Donald Trump, from the outside to come in and take care of business. These Lilliputians, these pukes, these punks. You're on TV. Who work at the highest levels of the federal government. Kiss each other's ass take care of each other's reputation while they smirk at the American people while they lie to the American people while they think they're smarter than the American people how so they're smarter than all the brilliant scientists and doctors at Johns Hopkins at Stanford at Yale how that happened it didn't Punks. Punks. Quacks. Now the monoclonal's missing. You can't use that. It's going to cost people their lives. 
Why? Which bureaucrats made that decision? We don't know. We just know it's government. They must be smarter. That's why the border's open. That's why the nation is bankrupt. That's why there's murder happening everywhere. It's not the private sector. It's these punks and their mouthpieces in the media. You know, ladies and gentlemen, for most people, in order to hold your job, you're scored. Or there's got to be some kind of a standard. In radio, it's ratings. Sponsorship. Same with television. For salesmen, it's obviously the number of sales. And down the list. You're graded. So, how's Fauci done, ladies and gentlemen? When he worked in the Republican administration, the Trump administration, hundreds of thousands of people died. He works in a Democrat administration, hundreds of thousands of people die, even more than died before, with three vaccines and therapeutics. So what grade does he get? Oh, we love you, Dr. Fauci. You're unbelievable, Dr. Fauci. Only here, surrounded by these nutcases, do you celebrate such a loser. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, We'll be waiting for the media to report on the personal backgrounds of the would-be Biden nominees to the United States Supreme Court. We expect them to be going through the annuals the, uh, when they were in third grade. Take a very close look. Because we believe in equity and equality here, that all nominees should be treated the same way. Right, Mr. Producer? I think so. Oh, yes. The Washington Post will be at the, at the tip of the fight. I'm sure Philly Bump will be there. Very knowledgeable. Although barely literate. So Liz Cheney is having a fundraiser in McLean, Virginia. McLean, Virginia is a long way off from Wyoming, last time I checked. Not a lot in common with Cheyenne, I don't think. 
But Liz Cheney really has always represented McLean, Virginia. Nothing wrong with McLean, Virginia, but she's the congresswoman person, birthing person from Wyoming. She wanted to be the senator from Wyoming. Now we hear she wants to be president. I'm not sure which country, but nonetheless. She's had an obsessive hate of Donald Trump forever. She doesn't appreciate anything that the man has done for the country. Uh, Because she's so obsessed. So she's having a uh, fundraiser. And virtually every rhino you could possibly think of, and lobbyist, is participating. Those on the invitation as co-hosts, writes Paul Bedard, amount to who's who of influential national Republicans since the Nixon era. Bold statement of establishment support for Cheney, who's shown attacks from former President Donald Trump for supporting his second impeachment and working with the January 6th Commission. Among those co-hosting the event are former Virginia Representative Barbara Comstock. I remember when Barbara was a conservative. Now she's a lobbyist. She makes a lot of money. Columnist Mona Charon, who's a moron, has been now for quite some time. Former Bush Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chernoff. Now this one's unbelievable. Former Cheney aide Scooter Libby. You know who gave Scooter Libby a full pardon, Mr. Producer? Donald Trump. George W. Bush wouldn't even do that for Scooter Libby. This was Dick Cheney's right-hand man. Unbelievable. And top lobbyist and GOP consultant who's been a hanger-on forever, Charlie Black. Suggested contributions are $1,000 a head. Of course, couples can pay $5,800 for a photo reception, and the VIP reception donation is only $10,800 per couple. Cheney has not toned down her criticism of Trump and his claims that the 2020 election were stolen. She's been kicked out of her leadership position. The Wyoming Republicans have rebuked her. But who else is on this list? I didn't bring my magnifying glass, but I'm going to do the best I can to look at this list. Hold on here. I think I have this somewhere. Hello, hello, live radio, except where we are taped. Then I guess it's called live to tape. I read this somewhere. Give me a second, please. If I don't find it like super soon, I will do my best. Hold on now. Let's see. Got it. Man, just stick with me. Here we go. Judy and Charlie Black, Sheila Burke and David Chu, Natalie and Wes Bush, Matt Calkins, Teresa Carlson, Marcia Carlucci of the Carlucci family, Mona Charon and Robert Parker, husband and wife, Lynn and Dick Cheney, Jim Chang, Merrill and Michael Chertoff, Barbara and Chip Comstock, man oh man. Susan Davis, Liz Dubin, Michelle English, and Robert Quartel, Miguel Estrada, unbelievable. Jess and Jay Farrell, Nancy and Kevin Fay, Ashley and Dan Fisher, Paige Hahn, 
James Hazel, David Javden, Annie and Taylor Kettler, Cameron Kilberg. These, I'm telling you, these are all moderate to liberal repubes. Mark Loham and Joe Ruzzo, Susan McGill, Anita and Tim McBride, Matt McQueen, Ted Olson. Ted, you flipped a long time ago, really. is It's a heartbreak. A heartbreak. I remember when he was solid. Lynn and Ed Phelps. Arnold Punaro. Denver Riegelman. Brian Roach. How dare you. Susan Porter Rose and Jonathan Rose. Yeah, throwbacks. Martha and Dwight Shar. Ah, I know Martha and Dwight Shar. They were minority owners of the Redskins. Samit Shervatsava, afraid I don't know that person. Todd Stottlemyre, Cynthia Vance, Joe Vadulich, George Vrandenberg, Lynn Williams, Andrea, and Dendi Young. I don't know about three fourths of them or who they are, but others I do. And there you are. There you are. You'd never see a list like this on the Democrat side. How much you want to bet most of them voted for Biden? And by the way, I forgot to mention, it's hosted by Bobby and Bill Kilberg. Two renowned rhinos. Renowned rhinos. Now, they must be very, very upset with the new governor. The new governor of Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. There was a piece a few days ago in the Washington Compost by Gregory Schneider and Laura Vozella, if that is her name. The big unknown about Governor Glenn Youngkin as he ran for office last year, apart from the exact size of his vast fortune. Now keep in mind, the Washington Post never supported this guy, but look at the cheap shots, apart from his vast fortune. They don't care about how Hunter Biden made money, his laptop, how the Bidens have ripped us off, $31 million in, No, 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 no. But Gregory and Laura, oh was just how red the political newcomer really was behind that easygoing demeanor. One week into his term, mystery solved. Youngkin stormed into Richmond. Just listen to the language. He stormed into Richmond with an assertion of executive power that has thrilled the GOP base, but caught even some allies off guard. And he's made clear that he views his two-point margin of victory as a mandate for conservative change. And Biden, his mandate is what? A 50-50 Senate? A three or four member lead in the House? I mean, just listen to how these a-holes talk and write. Republican lawmakers say they're energized by the fast start. November's election was a call for change in the Commonwealth. And like a lot of voters across Virginia, I'm excited to see that our governor has hit the ground running on day one. House Majority Leader Terry Kilgore, Republican of Scott, Virginia, said. But already... The new governor has drawn a lawsuit from parents in Chesapeake, gee, over his executive order declaring an end to mass mandates in public schools. The challenge led to him Friday to issue another statement, which seemed to add to confusion about what will happen when his order takes effect Monday, saying parents should listen to their principal and trust the legal process. Another executive order proclaiming a ban on teaching critical race theory. He's done what he promised to do. And then they cherry-pick the quotes. 
If Youngkin had relied on the Washington Post, he never would have been the nominee, let alone the governor. The Washington Post is a despicable rag, which I'm sure Liz Cheney now enjoys after trying to destroy her and her family. Funny, isn't it? Funny how this works? Youngkin has been doing a fantastic job so far. The fact that there are school districts that are ultra-left-wing run by Democrats and the teachers' union challenging him. The fact that there's a parent who brought a lawsuit. Oh, who cares? There's no reason for Virginia to become the District of Columbia or Maryland or California or New York or the coffee room at the Washington Post. If that's what they want, they have their little safe havens. When I come back, I hope Philly Bump at the Washington Compost is listening. I know he hangs on my every syllable. And he should. We will be back with Julie Kelly to discuss more about January 6th. We have some questions. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. A real journalist, Julie Kelly, she is inquisitive, uh, and she wants some answers. And she wrote a piece in American Greatness called Did the Justice Department Lie About Pence and Harris's Location on January 6th? Now, she asks this question for a reason, and I'm going to let her explain it to you. Julie, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Mark. Thanks so much for having me on again. Really appreciate it. Well, no, you deserve to be on because you actually do some work and some thinking and some reporting. Unlike these clowns at the Washington Post and the New York Slimes who are upset every time I have you here. And by the way, a great book that she has written, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. And they certainly have done that. Tell us about this, uh, this, this issue, Pence and Harris. Were they there? Um, Well, we know now for a fact that Kamala Harris was not there. Um, The premise for one of the most often used misdemeanors uh, applied to nearly every single one of the 730 uh, defendants is this um, trespassing charge that people were at the Capitol. It was a restricted area because two people, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris, who were under Um, Secret Service protection were in the building. So they have repeated this story, this narrative, in charging documents. They've presented it to a federal grand jury, saying that both the vice president and vice president-elect were in the building. They had to come out recently, even though Kamala Harris has said herself that she was not in the building. They've had to come out DOJ and say, oh, oops, we just finally recently found out that she was not in the building. So they've retracted that. Um, Now it looks like their assertion that Mike Pence was also in the U.S. Capitol building during the four-hour disturbance that day. Uh, Looks like that isn't true either. And so they're sort of walking that back. They are, um, they're asking the court to prevent defense counsel from asking secret service agents who are protecting Mike Pence where he was. They're trying to conceal photographs that would show where he was those four or six hours. And so 
Mark, it just looks like what I talked about in my book. Another major narrative related to January 6th is completely disintegrating and actually is just a big lie. Why are these district judges in Washington, D.C. permitting this sort of uh, conduct uh, by the Department of Justice? And I understand there's at least one of these district judges who's been particularly aggressive in sentencing trespassers who hopes to have a shot at the Supreme Court, too. Go ahead. So I think you're referring to Tanya Chutkin, who is a D.C. District Court judge. Uh, She is a black woman, and she is handling several of these cases. And in many instances, Mark, she is sentencing trespassers, people who are pleading guilty to my favorite misdemeanor, which is parading in the Capitol. She is sentencing these people to jail time. 30 or 60 days in prison for a Class B misdemeanor, which this court usually doesn't even handle. And so, and then she, of course, scolds them from the bench, uh, berates them about being insurrectionists and trying to attack the Capitol. So a lot of what I'm seeing by these D.C. District Court judges is just performance art. They are trying to get elevated um, by Joe Biden to another court. And so I think that that is the judge that you're referring to. Um, But look, it's not just it's not just Democrat appointed judges who are doing this, too. I see this even from Trump judges who are keeping a lot of these defendants behind bars awaiting trials that they continue to delay. Um, And it's just, you know, when Donald Trump said the swamp, that was actually a nice way of putting it. Tell me, how many paraders from the Kavanaugh hearings did long time in jail, even before they had a court hearing? Do you know of any? Um, I'm going to say zero. Mm -hmm. So am I. Because I think we'd hear about them by now, wouldn't we? Well, we would. And as you know, Mark, a lot of those protesters got closer to lawmakers in October of 2018 than anyone on January 6th did. I mean, people recall the photograph of just in elevators outside. Um, They attacked police officers. They overran police lines to go bang on the doors of the Supreme Court. But they were heralded as heroes. They weren't charged with parading or trespassing or even disorderly conduct, another charge that we see. Such an egregious double standard of justice. And really, other than you, a few voices here and there, nobody cares, do they? They don't, but I I mean, I will thank you for covering my work and promoting uh, my book, which you endorse, which was, you know, such an honor. My honor. But I, I I do think we're getting some attention by more powerful people to see what's actually happening. Guess what, Julie? Watch next week. I'm going to do something next week. I can't really reveal it yet. Uh It's a great book, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. That's right, because we're supposed to now celebrate January 6th every year. Thank you, Julie, and God bless you. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. 
Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Let us go to Andy, Austin, Texas, XM Satellite. Andy, how are you, sir? Hey, Mark, you're invited to cold beer and barbecue anytime you're in Central Texas. I'd love to. Oh, man. I'm I'm hungry and thirsty, baby. Thank you. Hey, um, I am so frustrated at the level of the swamp, the the, the degree that it's it's permeating everything. And I really hope the the conservatives out there, I hope the Republicans out there are learning. If you are ever going to go to the White House, if you're you're ever able to win an election again in that 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 space you got to go in there and day one you fire every single bureaucrat head that you can every single one that works for you you fire them that day the fbi director well what's interesting about what you're saying and some of them can't be fired that's why they have the civil service and unions to protect everybody but the new attorney general virginia came in and the lawyers are not so protected in, in in many respects here and he walks into the so-called civil rights division where all the hardcore leftists are, and he fires them all. Smart, smart, smart. Your point is correct. Personnel is policy. Otherwise, they're going to sabotage you. You're exactly That's right. exactly right, and I think the only, the only guy who's learned that right now, in my opinion, is Donald Trump. And even mm-hmm. if you can't fire him, you demote him. So you demote him to, to, to some obscure desk somewhere else, and you get them the heck out of there. You know, um, or how about just slash the size of government? That would help. Oh well, of course. I mean, we need a transaction tax right now, uh, and get rid of the income tax for people. We need a, we need a constitutional amendment. We need a convention of the states, Mark. Uh, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's something we're working on. If we get one more state, we're more than halfway there. I, I don't know why there hadn't one been called already. It, there, there's well, no because thing. you need 34 states. That's why. And you and you have some of these Republicans who say, I, I don't want a constitutional convention. The Constitution was great as written. And I make the point in the book and over and over again. First of all, we don't follow the Constitution as written. They keep changing it. Number two, we're not planning on having a constitutional convention. It's a convention of states that's permitted under Article 5. And you have to propose amendments And ultimately, they still need to be ratified by 38 state legislatures or conventions of the state. It's not like you can ram this stuff through. But right now, the Constitution's hanging on the brink. I mean, I talk about a post-constitutional period. That's what we're in in many respects. With the bureaucracy, judges uh, basically run things, the Democrats uh, basically control things, separation of powers is melting away. They abuse their power, every aspect of the Constitution. So, you know, as a constitutionalist, I went into this thinking about this, this convention of states, thinking, no, that's a bad idea. And I came out of it thinking, it's the only option. It is a great idea. That's why they put it there. All right, my friend, Andy, good call, Austin, Texas. To whom else should I speak, Mr. Producer, any irregular Americans? Sirius Satellite, Tim in Daytona, Florida. Tim, how are you, sir? Mark, you're, you're only you so about much. 238 miles from Joe Scarborough and uh, Mika Blazinski. Well, maybe I'll go pay him a visit and give him a piece of my mind. No, that won't work. All right, go right ahead. Well, Mark, uh, I got a few things that 
discuss with you, and I'll be try to be pretty quick with it, but I tend to get long-winded anyway. Uh, the well, that won't help. Announcement with Biden come. <laughs> the announcement with Biden coming out and saying he wants to. Wait a minute, Biden came out. Well, you tell me Biden you know, came and, out. When did that happen? Anyway, go right ahead. Uh, well, <laughs> with his appointment to a black female to the Supreme yes. Court, I thought the Supreme Court, you know, uh, well, I know the Supreme Court has abide by an oath to uphold the Constitution. Right. Well, to me, Biden is showing his belief in affirmative action and not appointing someone. Now, he doesn't believe in affirmative action because otherwise he would have resigned from the Senate long ago and insisted that his party nominate a minority to replace him. But he sat there for 36 years in the United States Senate. He also ran against Kamala Harris. He sought to defeat Kamala Harris. He did. Uh, that's a black woman. Uh, and so he wanted the nomination over her. We can go on and on about this Democrat Party, what a joke it is, what a fraud it is. And in my view, how it exploits minorities. But go right Another ahead. One, Mark. I, uh, I served as a station master in Wilmington, Delaware, and I used to talk to Joe Biden. Wait a minute, for uh, Amtrak? Yes, sir, I did. We may have met, and you may not know that, because I, I take that train from time to time. Well, we may have, and I'm sorry we could not introduce each other to ourselves. And Joe is, I mean, completely, completely different in regard to his intelligence Mm -hmm. from meeting with him for four years Mm -hmm. in Wilmington. Now, what do you Uh, mean by that? He is like a deer caught in the headlights. Yeah, he's dim-witted. He is so out of touch, away from the people, uh, what we all believe in. And I was never a supporter of Joe because he was so wishy-washy. By the way, did uh, he ever give you a tip? Well, yes, he did. Matter of yeah. fact, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. He gave me a tip. And the tip was... Don't vote for any Republicans because... But did he ever give you any money as a tip? Seriously. Oh, money as a tip. Uh, You're going to laugh at this. Yeah, one day he gave me a quarter for a cup of coffee. He's such a cheap bastard. That was his reputation, too. I mean, when I'm on that thing, when I get off, honestly, I give whoever's on there 50 bucks... Uh, I don't need the government to tell me to redistribute wealth. I see people working hard. It's not easy to work on a train, you know, when they're bouncing around. At least it's not for me to be even standing on that thing. And uh, and I much prefer taking that train than driving or flying, to be honest with you. But uh, all right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Take care of yourself. I'm not saying I take it every week. Maybe I take, take it once a year, twice a year top, something like that. But I kind of like it. You know, I mean, after all, if we're going to subsidize... Oh, my God, you should have seen the taxes. I just got the taxes I'm paying for next for last year, Mr. Producer. First of all, I pay them every quarter. I actually pay them faster than every quarter. 
It's just so much. And then when they say, well, you know, you don't pay your fee, I go, the hell's all this money going? Where is this going? I'm not asking for sympathy, but this is ridiculous. Let's go to Jay Marion, Ohio, where we have a federal prison on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Jay? Good, Mark. And, Mark, the reason I called in was uh, to comment on some of your remarks about Dr. Fauci uh, early on. Uh, among a lot of epidemiologists, he's not held in uh, regard. And one of the reasons is during the AIDS epidemic, one of his initial positions that he preached repeatedly is that he thought AIDS was being passed on by kissing. And mm-hmm. some of these uh, these epidemiologists felt that uh, he was supporting this position while it was raging in the bloodstream, and that because he took this position, uh, they missed the fact that it was in the bloodstream, and therefore it spread to the blood supply, and that's how people got it who got transfusions. And a lot of people in the gay community would lobby him, would try and reach him, and were disgusted with him because... It's believed that he set back research on uh, various uh, therapeutics and so forth by a couple of years. By a couple of years. And I've had epidemiologists talk to me about this, that people don't remember this. It is amazing, you know, the media will do a, uh, a thorough review of everyone on anything when they don't like the person. But here they're slobbering all over him. Why don't they go back and show what he did in the early days of uh, HIV? Because you're right, he was, uh, as I understand it, he was a disaster. Mike, good point. I appreciate it, buddy. Take care of yourself. The great K.O. Well, excuse me, that wasn't Mike. But I want to thank you. Now we're going to go to Mike. Omaha, Nebraska, the great K.O.I.L. How are you, Mike? I'm pretty good, thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, I've got an idea about who they're going to nominate for Breyer's place on the Supreme Court. And you're not going to like it, but this is how it's going to go. You're going to have Kamala Harris be nominated and confirmed. And then he'll nominate Hillary Clinton to take her place as vice president. Mm-hmm. And then Hillary, she'll take, uh, she'll get uh, him uh, as incompetent. He'll be thrown Why out would he president. want Hillary? Hillary's like uh, old news. She's dead wood. Yeah, but that's... If that's, Clintons don't have a lot of power anymore. Yeah, he does. She does it, but she's she's trying to get back in. I think they're going to try to move her in somehow. Mm-hmm. But it is an interesting point you raise, because if they nominate her to the Supreme Court, they do open up the VP slot for somebody who can run in twenty twenty four. Because I can't imagine Biden is, quite frankly. So uh, you make a very very interesting point. I don't know if that's savvy or not. We shall see. Uh, and by the way, though, the American people will be disgusted because they know that she's dim-witted already, Kamala Harris, regardless of the legal analysts and the other. Oh, it's going to be a great day, you know, because now we can have more abortion and, you know, more stuff like that. All right, I want to thank you, Mike. It is disgusting to hear people on TV who are almost rooting for abortion. And then they claim they represent the black community or this community. They don't represent anybody. They're not 
elites, they're elitists. They're narcissists. They project. They're praising Fauci. Fauci is despised by people who've lost their livelihood, their jobs, their businesses, family members. Wearing a mask? We're still talking about that? How ridiculous is that? Although I continue to say, you ugly leftists, please wear masks. And I wouldn't use the throwaways. I'd use the big cloth ones. The more you cover, the better. I'll be right back. Mark in. You know, I would flood Washington, D.C. with all these illegal aliens. I'd have buses, whatever, drop them all off around the Capitol building. That's what I would do. I'd drop them off around the homes of the uh, members of the Senate and the House who support what's going on. And, of course, Rehoboth Beach, sorry, folks, where the Bidens like to walk on the beach with their dog without anybody bothering them. I'd load that place up with at least 100,000 of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would. Phil, Clinton, New Jersey, on the great WABC. Philip, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah. Being a constitutional expert that you are, yes, the question yes. that I have is that in the Constitution it says that the Senate confirms, basically not confirms, basically confirms the, uh, the nominee for Supreme right. Court. Right. Since it's 50-50, is Kamala Harris as vice president, do you think, allowed to vote in that? Because she's She is president. allowed. She is the presiding officer of the Senate. That's one of her jobs as vice president. So if it's tie, she votes. Okay. Yes. So she can and, in well, fact, we, would be able to. Okay. Well, thanks for that. We can hope for the best. And uh, hopefully the uh, couple of senators that uh, are on the more conservative side would uh, just yeah, not, don't uh, hold have your breath. go through. Let me tell you something. The Democrats have ventilator machines. They got all kinds of stuff on the side uh, of the Senate there. They can't afford to lose anybody, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Yes. All right, Thanks. my friend. Phil from Clinton, New Jersey. You know, we have a Clinton, Virginia. What's with the Clinton stuff, Mr. Producer? Chris, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL country. Listening on XM. How are you, sir? Mr. Levin, how are you this evening, sir? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you, my friend. Just wanted to call in and give you my two cents. Uh, I'm an over-the-road semi-truck driver, have been for a couple years now, retired Mm -hmm. military. Uh, And I'm starting to see the change that's happening in this country, even in places that you would not expect to see it us. you know, so forth, like, for instance... Uh, Hold on now. I know you're over the road. We're going to grab your number. We're going to call you tomorrow because I'm out of time, and I want to hear what you have to say. It's very important. Don't let it... Don't let Chris go. He just hung up. Uh, oh, we put him on hold. Okay. Thank you, America. God bless you all, and I'll see you tomorrow, and we'll talk to Chris, too.